All views and opinions expressed in this podcast may lead to learning. All information provided is for educational and developmental purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for a growth mindset. Before taking action, please consult your motivation. This is the Teacher Talking Time Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Teacher Talking Time podcast for learners, the cult of learning. The aim of our podcast, the aim of this series is to really encourage learners, humans, to find and pursue what they're passionate about when learning a foreign language. The cult of learning series are episodes for learners of languages. And in these episodes, we discuss tools and strategies for learning. And we also try to provide opportunities for effective listening practice. In today's episode, we will talk about something that most people find very hard to start and even harder to keep, maintaining good habits. We will talk about why most people fail to create good habits. And more importantly, we're going to be looking at the science behind habit formation. We were not going to get into the techniques because this is going to be part of a series of two episodes. But in the next episode, we will talk about how you can actually stick to good habits and um, how you can actually track those habits. But before we get the ball rolling, we have a very few important reminders to those of you who are listening. If you are a li- if you are a listener of our podcast, please, please, please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast in your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. And if you want to learn more about the work that we do and the courses that we offer, do not forget to visit our website, www.learnyourenglish.net and subscribe to our um, newsletter for exclusive bonuses and promotions that we offer on a weekly basis. No spam, no BS. If you are a language learner and you're tired of learning in the classroom, then you should also join our School of Learning. $5 and you get unlimited access to all of the content and all of the materials in there. And if you like the School of Learning, then you should also consider our quick fixes, which are more specific and include things like how to extend a conversation, how to master the IELTS speaking exam, and more importantly, how to boost your IELTS speaking score with patterns. Quick fixes are only $10 and we guarantee that you will definitely notice improvements in your language skills. Today, I'm joined by my good friend, Mike. Mike, we're back. Hey, yo. Hey, everyone. It's great to be here. Just a quick note, Leo, because we are mm. going to talk about habits today. On the School of Learning, I just posted a new lesson on the word help and how to oh. use it. And I feel like we're going to be talking about habits and oftentimes, you know, reaching out for help and getting helped by others is a, is a, is a key way of maintaining those habits. But as you said, uh, that might be... Um, topic we look at today or, or maybe in more detail in future episodes. Mm-hmm. So Mike, this is a series of two episodes that we're going to be um, exploring. And we're going to be looking at the science of habits and how long it actually takes to form a new habit. So if you're listening to this um, episode, don't forget to check our February episode where we're going to be talking about part two. But today, Mike, I thought we would I think it would be a good starting point for us to look into habits, perhaps even start by defining what habits are. And even thinking about this, 
let the audience think about their own definition of habit. So if you're listening to this, wow. how would you define habit? A habit is, a habit can be defined as, Mike, how would you define a habit? Yeah, that's a good question. Because I know we're going to probably look at a few definitions together. I think if you ask me suddenly, I think I would define a habit as some sort of action that I do without thinking. Um, it's also perhaps something I do as a routine, that sort of thing. Um, but it's interesting. I know we're going to focus on good habits, but th this idea of good and bad habits also comes to mind, right? That, that we might have habits that, that actually don't serve us to help us improve, but we also have habits that, that help us maybe work more effectively or lose weight or stay healthy and so on. So for me, I guess it's that kind of everyday thing that we do without thinking. So a little bit of a routine, a little bit of, you know, subconsciousness going on there, maybe. Mm, mm, very interesting. Interesting that you mentioned that we do have both good and bad habits. So let's look at a few definitions. So if you're listening, we hope that you have a definition in mind for habits. So Mike, First definition I have is from Longman. Longman Dictionary defines habit as something that you do regularly or usually. So there mm -hmm. is that frequency. Okay. Often without thinking about it because you have done it so many times before. Okay. So it's like automatic, for, I guess, is what they're getting at with this definition, right? Yeah. Without thinking, yeah. right? Yeah. Regularly, yeah. without thinking, because they're... And think about this, you have done it so many times before, it involves a, a little bit of automaticity mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and relates to your good and bad because a bad habit, it only exists because you have repeated it many, many times. Right. So I guess it would be something like maybe exercising every day. So exercise might be a good habit. Um, we could even add the word regular, right? So regular exercise mm -hmm. could be a good habit. Um, or thinking think of a negative one. Yeah. Thinking negatively can oh, become a go. habit. Mm -hmm. Some people mm -hmm. normally they have like their first reaction to any sort of event is to perceive it from a negative lens. So that can become a habit. Just like thinking positively is something that you have to train yourself until it becomes a habit. That's interesting, um, isn't it? Because yeah. like on the one hand, you do it without thinking. But on the other hand, a good habit might, as you just said, might take a while to develop. And maybe we'll, yeah, maybe we can look at that a little later. We'll look into that, yes. Um, Oxford defines habit as a thing that you do often and almost without thinking. So we have that similarity okay. with Longman, without similar. thinking. Especially something that is hard to stop doing. Okay, so nail biting comes to mind when I hear that, because now that now folks that is probably not a good habit that would perhaps be a great example of a bad habit. Yes. But I think that that last part there, it's hard to stop doing. Mm -hmm. I, I think for like a lot of these negative habits, those that seems to be the, the lingering problem mm -hmm. or like that everlasting challenge. Yeah. And it probably it's hard to stop doing it because you're not even thinking about it and because you have done right. it so many times before. And I think in order for you, and we're going to talk about this, but perhaps in order for us to become 
better aware of our bad habits, we actually need to become more aware of what's triggering those habits, but we'll get there. Another mm, like catching yourself is yes. what you're saying. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Mm. Catching yourself performing that bad habit. Um, Marion Webster defines habit as a settled tendency or usual manner of behavior. So it's, okay. it goes back to what you said, behavior. It's like it's an action. It's something that you could normally do. But then they also have a second definition, which I thought would be very interesting for us to explore, which is an acquired mode of behavior that has become nearly or completely involuntarily, involuntary, mm. sorry. Okay, then. So at the beginning, we're looking again at tendency, right? So that goes back to this frequency, be it often or regular. Um, but that bit at the end is quite interesting, right? That something can be completely involuntary. Maybe mm -hmm. that goes back to what I said earlier about biting your nails, right? Like, I know I shouldn't bite my nails, but there's some sort of compulsion for me to do that in particular situations. So even though I'm aware that it's not helping me and I'm aware that it's even maybe projecting a certain type of mm -hmm. image I don't want to project, I'm, my body is involuntarily having that reaction to that situation. And what's interesting about that, Mike, is that it's an acquired mode of behavior. So the only reason why you bite your nails is because a situation or some sort of environment triggered you to acquire that mode of behavior, and that has become involuntary. So you probably acquired this habit of biting your nails. At least for me, I acquired because I was a very anxious and rambunctious child and I had a hard time sitting still so I find that nail biting I still do sometimes I have been better lately and you're, you're still pretty um energetic and rambunctious I love that word. Yes. <laughs> but it's interesting because you acquire habits are right. things that we acquire which goes to show that we can acquire both good habits and bad habits yeah, it's, it's awesome. I mean, actually, and we might get into this later, folks, but that means I'm almost getting the impression then that habits can also help us transform ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. Because we can acquire and, and, and take new directions and, and achieve new things. Like, it almost, hmm, it almost runs counter to the expression, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, right? Yes. What, what does that mean? I think our, our listeners will oh, be very yeah. interested. Yeah, I'm not a believer in this expression, folks. But there's an expression saying you can't teach an old dog new tricks. That means after a certain period of your life or after a certain age, you just become so stubborn that you can't change and you can't right. develop in a new way. But I think the Merriam-Webster definition is, is telling us that, that that's not true, that we acquire habits all the time. We just need to notice and, 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 and again, I guess, go back to that frequency, notice and then make them a regular part of our lives mm -hmm. is what I'm hearing and yeah. seeing in these definitions. Yeah. It's, it's definitely challenging to teach a person or to teach yourself something new because, and we were talking about this, um, our, our good friend, Musonius Rufus, who talks about us not just doing things out of habit, right? right? 
Um, sometimes the easy we road. do. Yeah, yeah, it's the easy road. We just do things because we've been doing it the same way. But it doesn't mean that just because we've been doing things the same way for a long period of time, that those things are actually good for us. So, yeah, exactly. it's interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. And the last one, Mike, I have a more specific definition here for us. And this one comes from the American Journal of Psychology. And I like this one because it says it defines habit from the standpoint of psychology, of course, is a more or less more or less fixed way of thinking, willing, or feeling. So it's thinking, willing, or feeling. And these are more or less fixed. And going back to that other definition, acquired, right? Through, a pre, through previous repetition of an experience. In this case, could be a mental experience or a physical experience. I really like that because that goes back to what you said earlier about thinking positively, right? Oftentimes, we might think of habits as being something very physical, right? Something we do. But I think, you know, our thoughts are, are equally important. And that's what I hear in this definition, right? And when you think about language learning, habits play a very important role here because if you constantly have these this thought that learning a language is going to be difficult, or you're constantly perhaps even acquiring this mode of, of thinking that you are not a good language learner, I think you are limiting yourself. And eventually, it will become very difficult to teach this dog, this old dog, I should say, a new trick, a new language. Yeah. I mean, I can give you a great example, Leo. Um, I'm sure you all know, everyone out there, that Leo is a huge fan of philosophy. And recently, I, I've been trying to um, delve deeper into philosophy myself. And the other day, I caught myself, Leo, um, trying to skip my daily philosophical <laughs> reading, my daily stoic reading. And right. um, I, I, I found myself kind of defending it internally, saying, well, I'm not a philosopher anyways, right? But that's the narrative I keep telling myself. So the only way to overcome that when I'm learning is to actually stick to it, to make mm -hmm. sure that I force myself to read it and then write a small reflection based mm -hmm. on um, the, the Stoic lesson. And, but it's just, I, I think it's very interesting that, that in any given moment, these habits can be broken, right? And it's up mm -hmm. to us to kind of um, keep them. And I don't want to go too far into the techniques because I know that's going to be something we talk about in more detail later. But it's interesting that you said, Mike, what you said about you wanting to skip, because I think there is inherently, there is a connection between our habits and our identity. And I think what you just said now, I'm not a philosopher. I don't, I'm not this person. You are basically attaching your identity to a habit. You say, I'm not going to do this because I am not this kind of person, which conversely, you can apply the same kind of identity formation or habit formation to the kind of person that you want to become. Absolutely. So if, so if you think about like a writer, I used to tell myself, I'm not a writer, but I've been writing every day for almost five years. It has, it's part of my identity. I can't run away from writing. It's just what I do. So if you are a writer, 
What do writers do? Writers write. Right. What do philosophers do? They reflect. They think. And that's what we need to do. And a philosopher could sound a little bit too, too deep, but a philosopher to me is anyone, and perhaps we, we, we're not, we, we don't want to go too deep into what a philosopher is, but <laughs> a, a philosopher is just someone who is constantly aware of their, of their mind. You're constantly thinking about your own thoughts and trying to identify certain patterns in your own thoughts, right? Yeah, and, and, and I think that by focusing on those thoughts and over time acting on those thoughts, the will, as, it's, as um, we are told by the American Journal of Psychology, that, that these, this previous and, and current repetition is what actually gets us to the, the everyday daily habits, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. but, but you're right, it's, it's a matter of commitment as well. Yes. And if you haven't checked out our earlier episodes, we have a whole series on how to achieve goals where we actually talk a lot about, uh, we discussed a lot of similar themes, eh, Leo? Um, mm -hmm. That I think we might um, be able to overlap here. But, but it's, yeah, it, it, it's interesting how, how we can frame our own narrative and that narrative can actually form our, our habits. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of that narrative is based in our thoughts. So, and that only happens. Yeah. And that only happens because we are not thinking, which again, to go back, those of you listening, think about the definitions that we just, we just provided you here. A, a lot, all of them have many similarities, you know, things that you do often, things that you do without thinking, things that are very difficult to stop doing an acquired mode of behavior, right? So as you said, Mike, a more or less fixed way of thinking, of feeling, like you can actually reprogram yourself to act, to think, and to feel differently if you are able to look deeply into your own identity and say, you know what, I want to change this. But as you said, Mike, very much like with language learning, you really have to put in the work. You have to really right. do the reps. And I was actually, before we look at some interesting uh, facts about habits, there was a quote that I came across recently. I can't remember who, I think his name is Kikish. He's a, a Polish writer. And he said something very interesting about discipline because I, when I think about habits, I can't help but connect it to discipline. And he said, and I'm paraphrasing it here. Life is easy when you live it the hard way and hard if you try to live it the easy way. And I think when we apply hmm. this to, to um, habits, it's like every time you're looking for, for the habits that are bad, but they're easy for you, you're actually making really bad choices that will affect you um, in the future. When we choose, for example, Mike, when we choose um, to um, eat a Big Mac instead of eating a salad. <laughs> or, I mean, oh, just now I'm hungry. Oh, no. right? Sorry about that, folks. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. Yeah. When, when it's, um, I'm trying to relate it back here to, um, to, to learning a language. I, I guess if, if you're invested in, 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 in achieving this larger goal of learning a language or, or becoming a person who can do X or Y in a particular language, then, then your habits really come down to the, 
the decisions you make, right? Yes. You, you, and, and as you said, the keyword of discipline, right? Like mm-hmm. being disciplined to, to make the right choices. Yeah. Again and again yeah. and again. Yeah. And those choices can be very simple choices if you're trying to learn a language. As simple as I'm going to listen to a podcast every day in English for 10 minutes. And you don't really have to do more than that. The problem as humans, we are, um, is that we're constantly trying to go from one extreme to the other extreme. We zero from, to 103 seconds, it. right? That's yeah. it. As opposed to, and we talked about this, Rome wasn't built in a day. You don't have to do it all today. You don't have to listen to the entire podcast. You don't have, like I'm c- currently working on a, on a podcast episode that we're creating. And every day I spend 20 minutes chipping away, just doing a little bit. But by the end of the week, I think it's going to be done. It's all there. Yeah. It's just one brick. How can you lay that one brick? And that's what they did in Rome. They were just laying one brick at a time. And that's how you build an empire. That's how you build habits. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. I have studied English on my own and in a classroom for years. But I felt like I wasn't improving. I didn't really know how to learn. Then I found to learn your English online student membership. My name is Selin and I am LYE member. This membership is for people who are passionate about learning English in their own way. These are not classes. This is learning outside of the classroom. Effective and fun. Head over to the Learn Your English website for all the details. That is learnyourenglish.com. Ready to take control of your learning? Join me today in the Learn Your English student community. Hey everyone, my name is Maurice and I'm from Ivory Coast. You're listening to the Teacher Talking Time to Learn Your English podcast. Coucou tout le monde, je m'appelle Maurice et je viens de Côte d'Ivoire. Vous écoutez the Teacher Talking Time to Learn Your English podcast. Amusez-vous bien! It's just one brick. How can you lay that one brick? And that's what they did in Rome. They were just laying one brick at a time. And that's how you build an empire. That's how you build habits. But now, Mike, and and everyone listening, I want to talk a little bit about habits. So we're going to turn our attention to some little known facts about habits that will probably change the way you look at habits forever. So in this episode, what we really wanted to do is we really wanted you, listener of the Teacher Talking Time podcast, to really understand the science of habits. We started with definitions. So now we're going to look at four, and I'm going to call them myths, Mike, perhaps. Okay, little, little, not uh, all of them. Habit, habit nuggets, so to speak. Habit nuggets, then, yes. Okay, yes. all right, here we go. So, What's the first so, one? The first one, the first one, it was a study done in 2002 by um, a researcher, a habit researcher. I didn't even know they had such a thing as a habit researcher from Duke University. Yeah. Wendy Wood. And this is what she found out. So we're going to talk about this. 45% of our daily behaviors are automatic. Basically, everything that we do is 45% performed out of habit. I did the math, Mike. One 
out of every two minutes that we spend doing something every day is something that we're not even aware of. Sure, that makes sense, right? Because it's one roughly half, half of our day. I would say that 90% of my day is a habit. Now, really? I've been told by many people, actually a lot of former exes, that I'm a very boring, <laughs> right? Right? Like a, a schedule. My life is very scheduled, very routine. But I, I take that as a compliment because, right. because as, as um, was it Kish? As, as Kish said, um, you know, by, by performing and outlining my day that way, I'm actually making life easier for myself. However, um, it's not terribly attractive, folks. I'm just going to say that. But there could yeah. be other reasons behind that. Well, so we could actually say that you are a creature of habit. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I would right. definitely say I'm a creature of habit. Yeah. To those of you listening, a creature of habit is basically what Mike is, a person who usually does the same thing at the same time each day. But Mike, I would argue that there are a lot of benefits to automatizing your your life. I would say maybe 90% is a bit too much, but 50% <laughs> of your, like I, for I, for instance, I would oh, say the first might be some uh, exaggeration there. Right. Uh, how about but, you? Yeah. I was going to say, I would say the first two hours of my day, I don't even have to think about what I'm going to do because I know exactly. I have a very clear routine. I get up, I meditate, I journal, I read, I have a cup of coffee. And then I write my, my most important tasks for the day, and then I go. And then everything else, you know, I have to schedule a workout here and there. But, there. but there are habits there. Sometimes there are the bad habits, right? Like, for example, if I'm trying to write and I'm getting <laughs> stuck, I start biting my nails because yeah. that's, that's... Yeah, I don't keep track of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know. I think you're being kind of conservative. <laughs> I think that there are events that always come up and we have to be ready for spur mm -hmm. of the moment things or, or events that come out, unplanned events, so to speak. Right. Um, but, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think if you looked at most people, Leo, that yeah, like they have, as you suggested, they have their morning routine, they go to work or they, they turn on their computer if they're working from home. They, they get mm -hmm. their cup of coffee, they do their shift. They, they commute home, they eat dinner with their family, they, they watch television or they read a book, and then they fall asleep. And it's, uh, <laughs> at the same time, every night. At the same time, right? So I, I think, you know, we like to, we like to think that we, that we have a lot more freedom in our lives. But I think actually we are, as, I think we're all rather creatures of habits to some mm -hmm. degree, right? I need um, to just, work on, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, I think um, my, my own habit formation in terms of my routine, I think came out of my lifestyle from my early 20s. I was in right. Asia and I was living by myself. And you sometimes hear this um, about um, people who are in prison or, or, or people who are in isolation, that they, they, they often keep themselves busy by establishing a routine. Mm -hmm. And it just becomes a healthy way. Of, of coping with, with isolation. And I had a nice fun life when I was living by myself back in those days, but, but, you know, overcoming loneliness and, and mm -hmm. culture shock and everything 
like that, that, that comes with living abroad by yourself, um, a routine was key to me. And I think that's what really, mm-hmm. I, establishing a routine became my routine and I've yes. always kept it. How about you? Were you always this morning person or was no, there a stage no. in your life where you made, a, made a, uh, that, that key decision? It was a TED talk that I watched a couple of years ago. And I think mm-hmm. eventually after I decided to stop um, smoking and drinking, I had to change my routine because I was not a night person anymore. I was not going out into bars and drinking. So I still think that I don't have a very good night routine. I have a very good morning routine, but I still, I'm still kind of trying to really create a good evening slash night routine. I don't go to bed at the same time every night, but I've have read a lot of interesting papers and a, a lot of research that strongly suggests that we need to be going to bed every night at the same time and getting up every morning at the same time. It's Dr. Matthew Walker, right? The sleep yes. expert that's on, uh, Matthew on Walker, social media. Yes. And different. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll he, link that. He, we'll link that into yeah, the Yeah, let's link that because um, that's it really, his research is quite interesting and, and he's a very interesting person to listen to. Um, but uh, yeah, for me, sleep is, sleep is key. But I have to say, Leo, going back to what we said earlier before we move on to the second point, um, the narrative is also important there because I'm not a night person. I keep telling myself I'm not a night person. So what happens is I'm wasting those last three, two to three hours every night sitting in front of a television or, or um, worrying about the next day's activities, right? So this re- very recently, I've, I've tried to force myself to sit in front of my, my, my books or my articles and just read, even if it's mm-hmm. for 10 minutes, even if I read one paragraph, just yes. so I can become a night person, just add a little bit more productivity to my, yeah. to my day. Um, That's but good. I have to say, folks, I'm in bed every night at 10 o'clock. So uh, <laughs> again, it goes back to um, yeah, <laughs> what I said earlier about not being a terribly interesting individual, maybe. Okay. Um, let's move on to the second. Leo so was sec- laughing on mute there, just so you know, folks. Yeah, <laughs> he wasn't just silent out of pity. I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's really hard. I think a nighttime routine is is definitely something that I think with COVID, I think we all struggled with developing a better nighttime routine. So yeah, or a morning routine if you're not yeah. a morning person. Yeah. Air quotes, right? Like, yeah. yeah. So the second one, Mike, and I think this connects to the first um, statistic, the first finding is that habits are actually a way for your brain to actually save energy. And and I was thinking about this as I was preparing um, our notes for the show. When did you learn to tie your shoelaces? Like, how did your parents show you? Like, did your parents show you each step? Yeah, like, yeah. I think it was a pretty classic childhood experience where my parents, right? my, my mom sat me down and, and taught me how to tie my shoe, shoelaces. It's actually really nice to, to reflect on that. Wow. Yeah. And do you remember moment. how, do you remember how sometimes the strings were never tight enough because you couldn't do a proper loop? I think I had Velcro shoes until I was 15, <laughs> actually. Yeah. I was not a good, even still people watch how I tie my shoes and they're like, how did that manage to tie up together and create a knot. Yeah, like I have a real funky way of tying my shoes, but my again, son it's, too. it's fine. It's the habit my mother taught me, right? Yes. 
But this is interesting, Mike, because I try to re-teach my son how to tie his shoelaces, but it's really hard. Why? Uh-huh. Because he, it's ingrained. It's right. that acquired mode of behavior. Now, now imagine this, Mike. Imagine mm-hmm. every morning you have to figure this out, how to, ch- how to tie your shoelaces. Yeah, now imagine no, if you happening. didn't know how to put on your shirt. Imagine <laughs> yeah, if you didn't happening. know. Yeah, yeah. So I yeah. think Velcro, be, baby. Yeah. That's it. I think <laughs> I think we would be dressed and ready for work by like noon or maybe 1 p.m. Oh yeah. Yeah. Or I throw the shoes. Yeah. That's right. But the point is that our habits are basically us operating on this autopilot. Because right. what habits are actually doing is they are actually freeing up your mind. And people don't think about this, but habits are freeing up your mind to do other important things or, or think of other things. So when you have a morning routine, you don't have to wake up in the morning and think about what you have to do. Very much so with learning a language. If you don't have a language learning routine, by the time you think, okay, what am I going to do? How am I going to study? If you don't have that routine, Mike, you will give up. You will give yeah, up immediately. Yeah. Or, or, or something will pop in your head. You'll have that battle with your mind, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I, maybe I won't do it tonight. But yeah, you have to. And you don't want that. You don't again. want that battle. No, you don't want that at all. Because yeah. that requires a lot of mental energy. And what's good about habits and going back to the definitions, which is this idea of something that you do over and over, it's this repetition. And the repetition leaves a path, leaves an imprint in the brain. And as I was thinking about this, it's almost like a, a, a dirt track. And, and this is an interesting thing, Mike, because I want to talk about a little bit about um, architecture, urban planning. You know, when, you know when there is like the sidewalk in a park, but then there is like a little tray, a little dirt track when people take those shortcuts? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Why do you think that happens? Even though the city has planned the sidewalk or they have planned a path, but you always find those dirt tracks um, on a park where there's no grass. There's grass around, but there's no grass in that specific pathway. Why do you think that happens? Wow. I, I want to say that they're taking it because it's a natural shortcut. Mm-hmm. Um, over time, maybe people wear down that path because yeah. people notice it. Yeah. But it's yeah. interesting. What were you thinking? Hmm. Oh, I don't know, because I was, as I was preparing for this podcast, I found out that what people do is they find a path. Again, going back to the idea that habits are trying to save energy. I think when people design, when they were urban planning, when they're planning the park and designing, I don't think they took into consideration how people have their own free will. And this right. is what they call these little paths. They call them free will ways, or they call them social trails. <laughs> they even One of the funny names that I came across was elephant trails, which are basically paths that have made themselves. It's basically feedback with your feet. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then. Yeah. So. Yeah. So because of free will, we each have agency, right? Or this ability Mm -hmm. to control which way, which way we go. Right. So I can sign up for a gym and my personal trainer can say, okay, every day you're going to do this, this, and this, but, um, but I can still choose to get on the treadmill and uh, run the treadmill instead of lifting those weights. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Yeah. And I think and, also, mm. but also I think it's, I think there's a little bit of an emotional aspect of that as well, right? Like going back to what we said earlier about tying shoelaces. For me, I wanted to, I wanted to tie my shoelaces when I was a child because I wanted to grow up. I wanted to look like one of the big kids, right? So I was kind of invested in putting in that hard work at the beginning mm -hmm. so that I could be the big kid, right? right? So I was a kid who could tie his own shoes, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that that initial kind of investment at the beginning, even though it's difficult, is, is really key because eventually over time, it gets easier. Just like eventually over time, it became easier and more automatic for me to tie my shoelaces. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that perhaps the That's path it. as well is again, maybe we're looking for, um, we're more invested in taking that shortcut because it's, it's, it's getting us to, to a goal faster or mm -hmm. it's getting us um, to, um, uh, I don't, yeah, getting us, um, giving us more options, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think in, in a way what it's actually doing is it's, it's easier for your brain to steer in the right direction without having to make too many choices. And I, we get to a point at in the middle of the day or maybe early afternoon where we are tired of making choices. And this is why people don't seem to understand this, but I only wear black. Like I, you remember <laughs> this one. That's true. Yeah. yeah. When we, when I used to, when we used to work together, I was always wearing black, black shirt, black jeans, black shoes. It's just easier. I don't have to think about what I'm going to wear. And I think that's the beauty of habits it gives me a lot of energy in the morning to focus on other things. I can focus on, on thinking. I can focus on, on what do I want to achieve. I don't have to think about, I don't have to get up in the morning and imagine or try to figure out what I'm going to do every single day. We would right. be exhausted. And you, yeah. And you're, you, you invested in that, so to speak, by, by, by saying the only way to actually give myself more time is to buy all black clothes and, and just make that that shortcut or that pathway to mm -hmm. um, all that easier, right? Yeah. yeah. Which brings us, Mike, to the third interesting fact about habits is that habits, very much like the elephant trails or the free will ways, they're never, they're never forgotten. So interestingly enough, regardless of how long it takes to create or break a habit, which we will get to, uh, we, we'll get into it late, late, later, maybe. I don't know if we're going to have time for this in this show today. But we need to talk about the fact that habits are rarely forgotten. And what does that mean? Well, it means that even after whatever days have passed, 66, 111, 250 a year, you will have not forgotten it. So let's go back to the elephant trails here very quickly. You might okay. be able to avoid it, but the path will always be there. You might want to make a conscious choice to say, you know what, I'm going to take the pathway. I'm not going to use the elephant trail, which means that you will still know how to access that path, even if you haven't walked that path in many, many years. But if you do once, you will quickly find your way back on those elephant trails in your brain. And there's a very good example of this, Mike, of okay. a woman who quit smoking. And this is a story from Atomic Habits. And I think we can relate this to language learning into our lives. She used to smoke while she was riding her horse. So 
that's how she started smoking. Every time she was riding her horse, she was smoking. But eventually, she decided to quit both. And for many, many years, she didn't ride a horse or she, hasn't, <laughs> she didn't smoke. But then one day, she went horseback riding with a friend. And guess what? She, she wanted to smoke, right? Yeah. It's got to be. That's wow. It. wow. She had that yeah. urge to smoke again. Because it goes back to what we said. Habits encoded in our minds, they create this urge to act whenever the environmental cues appear. Wow. So it's so fascinating. Yeah. yeah, no, I think I, I just, you know, thinking of my own personal experience, there are, there are certain triggers that, that make me want to run, run to the fridge and grab a beer, right? Right? Like, That's right. Um, I, I, I'm, watch, I'm listening to some music and then a song will come on. And then, oh, I always, I always like to have a beer with my friends when we listen to the song. Or every time I'm with my friends, we, we, uh, we zoom in together and we, we, we always have a beer and we, we listen to the song. And I just think that the story is, is kind of, um, it's very similar to, to, mm -hmm. to my own personal experiences with this. Wow. It's the environment. It's your, env yeah. these environmental cues, music, a situation. Sometimes, Mike, even a, a stressful situation can send you back into these old habits, even if you quit them ages ago. I have this one friend that I don't see him very often, but when I do see him, I always have a, a, cig I always have a cigar and a beer with him. Why? Because, wow. because that's what we always did together. Right. And the same applies to learning a language, yeah. right? You yeah. need to really design an environment so you know that Every, for example, for me, every time I sit at my desk, I have my philosophy books, I have my, my journal, and I know that this is what I do when I sit here. But I don't eat my meals here because this is not, I don't want to associate meals to this environment. Right. Because and otherwise I'm said, more, yeah, yeah, so I'm going to yeah. be eating, no, I'm going to be eating and reading and doing work and I don't want to do that. Right. Otherwise, my brain is going to create this pathway, and I don't, and it's going to be very hard to break that in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it goes the other way, though, right? Like it can be appreciative, right? So every day, every day I sit down to work, the first thing I do is put in my headphones, and sometimes I don't even start the music, and I'm already a paragraph into my writing, right? It's just that act that I'm putting on my headphones on. I'm putting my headphones on now. Uh, therefore, I must be working. And then I suddenly start to work. And uh, yeah, there have been numerous times where, where my partners come in and she's like, tap me on the shoulder and, and thinking I'm listening to music, but I'm not. I'm just sitting there <laughs> working away with my headphones on. So I do that too. <laughs> it's, it's about balancing. The other question I would have for you is like, how many times have you quit biting your nails, right? Like I've quit biting oh, my nails so many times. Yet, so many times. Again, these triggers come up and they just... You're, what's you're what's your it. trigger? You're back on the horse, like I that know. lady yes. <laughs> craving, <laughs> craving. For a me, chomp. it's writing. For me, it's writing. Every time yeah. I'm I'm writing and I, I I get stuck, I start biting my nails, uh -huh. and uh -huh. I know it happens. But when I'm, but by the time I realize I'm biting my nails, it's too late because my hand is already in my mouth and I already chomped away. <laughs> Good stuff. Anyway, Mike, I think we're running out of time. Yeah. So we're going to stop this episode here. We didn't get to the most important of the four um, findings 
about habits, which is how long it takes us to form a new habit. So we're going to be talking a little bit about the myth and how the, the magic number, I don't know if you know, but we're going to save this for the next episode, but there is a magic number that has been um, popularized in self-help books, in language learning, in all kinds of things. But we're going to do this in the second episode. And this was going to be a series of two episodes, but I think it's going to turn into a much longer <laughs> um, series on habits, the science of habits. Mike, thanks for your contribution. Yeah, thanks for sharing, Leo. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to, to hear another person's perspective on their own habits. And to, um, yeah, and to just think of, think of these things in new ways, really. And those of you who are listening, try to really connect a lot of the ideas that we're exploring in this podcast to your own life, to your own habits. And think about this. If you really want to become a better language learner, how can you create better habits? How can you design an environment that is conducive to language learning. I create that guys, pathway. Yes, yeah, create, create the, pathway. The, the elephant trail for language learning. Because if you don't create that elephant trail, you're always going to be thinking, what am I going to do? How am I going to start studying? And most of the time, Mike, as you said, that internal battle, that voice inside of you is always going to win. Be strong, folks. All right, we'll see you guys in the next episode of the series. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Leo. Thanks, everyone. See you soon. You've been listening to Teacher Talking Time, brought to you by Learn Your English. Ready to take control of your education? You're in the right place. Teaching, professional development, learning. Expand your world with Learn Your English.